Well, before we turn to scripture, I do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and grandmothers and mother figures in our congregation. While also at the same time acknowledging that I know this day can be bittersweet or perhaps even bitter for those who have had their mother pass away or who want nothing more than to be a mother themselves. This day can be a complicated one, but it does honor one of the most central relationships that we will ever have. And so even at the risk of being overly saccharine, I do hope that you will take the opportunity to share a word of gratitude and love, not just to your mother, but all of the mothers and mother figures today, because they are truly a blessing to us all. So turning now to scripture. Our final scripture lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses four through 18. So let us listen now for God's word to us this day. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhorting, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affliction, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope and be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this Sunday marks the 12th week in our 13-week series through the Apostles' Creed, hard as that is to believe. And today, coming on the heels of I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, we arrive at a curious phrase, I believe in the communion of saints. This is actually one of the few statements in the Apostles' Creed that doesn't appear in the earliest versions of the Creed. It isn't believed to have been added until the fifth century coming from the writings of a bishop named Nicetus, but it soon appears in almost every formulation of the Creed thereafter. Now, hearing that word communion almost certainly evokes the sacrament for most of us. But interestingly, that phrase, communion of the saints, isn't referring to the elements themselves, but instead the very spirit behind the communion meal. One of the ways of understanding communion, something that is shared across denominations, is that in communion, the line between past and present and future are blurred that whenever we share the bread and cup together, we are not only remembering Christ's final night with the disciples, but also professing the future promises of God's kingdom to come, even as we share that meal in a particular moment in a particular community. And as part of that liturgy, we are reminded that we are part of a much wider family of faith, united not only with Christians around the globe, but with all those who have come before us and all those who will come after us. 
That is the understanding of communion being referenced in the Apostles' Creed, referring to that wider, much wider family of faith. But I bet for many of us that word saints that is attached to it may leave some of us wondering if we have a seat at that table at all. I think that if you ask most people what the word saint refers to, you would hear descriptions of someone who lived an exceptionally holy life, so much so that they are honored and venerated with an official title. Those of you who may have grown up Catholic or in the Eastern Orthodox Church will be familiar with that sort of veneration, ranging from early apostles like St. Peter or St. Paul to that saint title being given to popes or people who dedicated their entire lives to service, like Mother Teresa. <laughs> but as Nicetus wrote in the fifth century and as the earliest church seems to attest in the language used throughout the New Testament, we are actually meant to understand that term saints just a little bit differently. We are not holy or blessed by what we do. Instead, our holiness comes from the very identity of being beloved children of God, the exact thing we were celebrating in our baptisms this morning. In some ways, this debate over saints is an extension of the faith versus works and grace versus merit debate that came out of the Reformation. And our Reformed and Presbyterian tradition is clear that every single one of us is part of that communion of saints, whether we like that term being used for us or not. And I'll be honest, I don't really like thinking of myself as a saint. <laughs> I don't often feel like one, even though I recognize the word just means that I'm a beloved child of God. But what I do appreciate about that word, though, is that being a saint inspires me and challenges me to live up to a higher calling in my life. Something that is exactly what Paul was getting at in the passage to the Romans that we just read. Let love be genuine, Paul exhorts. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought in what is noble in the sight of all. One of the core beliefs that we hold as Reformed Christians is recognizing that we will never do any of those things perfectly and that all of us will fall short of those. But that does not mean that we stop striving for them or that we stop trying to make them part of our reality. Because ultimately building our relationships with God and building our relationships with one another is central to what it means to be Christian and to be the church. Paul began today's passage with the same metaphor that he once shared with the church in Corinth. The church is one body with many members and that we are inextricably linked with one another. In Paul's words, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. So what the Apostles' Creed is reminding us is that our body that we are a part of is more than just this single church family. Instead, we are tied and linked with all those who came before us, just as we are with all those who come after us. There's something incredibly beautiful about recognizing that we are part of a much wider tradition and witness than just our current context. Because the reality is that every single one of us have been shaped by those who came before us, even those we may have never had the opportunity to meet. I'm named after my great-grandfather on my mom's side, Matthew, but I never had a chance to meet him. In fact, my mom barely knew him. He passed away when she was less than a year old. 
but the primary memory she had was a story that was shared with her about the time he was sneaking her spoonfuls of ice cream as an infant and the joy that he took in seeing utter delight on her face. And so even though I had never met him in person, even though she barely knew him, I certainly believe that we met the spirit that he handed down, the spirit of playfulness that I see in my own grandpa, and the care and love that my mom surrounded me with growing up. I'm sure all of you have a similar story yourselves. We are deeply connected to those who came before us, previous generations who shaped us and our wider world in ways that sometimes we don't even fully recognize or understand. Every second Sunday in May, we do observe Dedication Commemoration Sunday here at Fourth Church, remembering the dedication of this sanctuary space 109 years ago, and remembering the generations of people who have worshiped here and who have sought to live lives of faithful witness, both in their own lives as well as how this church served the city and the wider world. And as we recognized in the scripture, or before the scripture, the second Sunday is also best known as Mother's Day. And there are few relationships more formative than the ones that we have with our mother. All of us are invariably products of people in our lives, along with our wider culture and the area and time that we grew up in. And so whether we seek to pass down what we receive or at times push back against it, we are always looking to move forward and to be able to pass down a new generation of witness. Those ties that bind us together are powerful. And so we cannot ignore the fact that everything that has been handed down to us is not always something positive. There are many who have been hurt by the church over the years, and we do know that we grew up in cultures that passed down bias and prejudice, whether overtly or subtly. And frankly, I recognize that not everyone has a great or even good relationship with their mother. But while we are invariably tied to the people and culture that came before us, we do also profess that we are not completely bound to them. There's a reason this phrase communion of saints appears in the section of the Apostles' Creed related to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. We believe that God's Spirit is forever inspiring and guiding us into our future, asking us to listen in this very moment about who we are being called to be right now, both as individuals and as a church. And we do so trusting that the generations who come after us, from those who have just been baptized this morning to those fifth graders who receive their Bibles, that they will one day be continuing that work. One day they too will be deacons or members of session, wrestling with what they received from us and passing down their faith, helping influence a generation that we may never even meet, and yet with whom we believe and trust, we are all still closely tied together too. As Walt Whitman once wrote in his poem, O Me, O Life, the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play does go on, that communion of saints that have guided us and shaped us into this very moment and that promise of a next generation of saints who will continue to carry what we hand down to them. So if that powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse, what will your verse be? And what will our verse as a church be? I hope that whatever that verse is, that that verse is grounded in hope and love. I hope that that verse rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. That that verse holds fast to what is good, repays no person evil for evil. 
I hope that the world that I one day leave behind, the world that all of us one day leave behind, is one that is more compassionate and caring, less defined by enmity and hatred and violence, and instead defined by forgiveness and understanding and love. I hope that our verse as a church is reminding every single person who comes through these doors that they are a beloved child of God, that they are a saint, and that they have been called by the Holy Spirit to witness to God's love in this world. I hope that verse is not only telling people, but truly showing them that they have a home here, that no matter what their age or income level is, no matter their gender identity, sexual identity, or racial identity might be, they have a home here. I hope that that verse works for the honor and dignity of all, that it works to make dreams and opportunities flourish and has little tolerance for injustice. And I do hope that we remember and honor and embrace our past, but that we're not limited or bound by it, trusting that God's spirit is always at work in our midst, calling us into our future in hope and trust and love, and calling each one of us to be a witness to love's power in this world. Friends, I believe in the communion of saints. Those who are seated next to you right now this morning, those who are watching this online, those who are upstairs in their Sunday school and youth classrooms, those who are gathering in congregations across our city and our country and our world. I believe in the communion of saints who have come before us, and I believe in the communion of saints with all those who will come after us trusting that each one of us has a verse to share in this powerful play, a vast multitude connected in one body through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I believe that God is working in and around and through you today, reminding you that you are a saint even if you may not feel like one, and that whenever you choose to speak or share love, whenever you sow seeds of kindness and compassion, whenever you seek understanding and grace, you're witnessing to the one who first shared those things with us. So thanks be to God for this wider communion of saints that we are a part of. And may the spirit continue to guide us in this next season of our lives and all the seasons that lie ahead. Amen.